Welcome to Movie Schmovie. Hello. <laughs> We're back. 2019, fellas. Oh, man. How's it treating you so far? Just like 2018. Really? Strange. For me. <laughs> For me. It's just another day. That's kind of like turning 46. Sure. Yeah. There's not much of a big improvement or change from yeah. 45. Or at least that's what I'm not I'm My expecting. benefits started over this yeah. year. I mean, that's really the only change in my life. Right. Oh, yeah, they you did. You know, like, everything resets to zero, oh, so it's shit. like... You're making me want to check my benefits. What's, what's my deductible this year? Right. I'm thinking of things like that. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about benefits. We're going to yeah. be talking about deductibles. Strap in, guys. It's going to be we're a very be... interesting podcast. <laughs> we're going to give you a little 401k advice. Have yeah. you ever wondered what an out-of-pocket maximum was? <laughs> yes. Well, you're in for a treat. <laughs> yes, I actually have been wondering. <laughs> but I'm John. <clears throat> I'm Steve. I'm Ronald. I'm Ronald today. You were reading yeah. that from a, a note yeah, when you were like, I'm just going to make sure I am Ronald still. Ronald, have Legal. you forgotten who you are since the yeah, last time man. we recorded? New year, new yeah. you. New year. Yeah. Go with a new name. Yeah. Have R? You, speaking of forgetting things, have yeah. you noticed the influx in... Uh, you just forgot it. Movies, like Groundhog Day style? Yes. Russian what, Doll what or whatever. What is that? Russian Doll, um, Black Mirror thing. Yeah. Also, that is my fear. That's like a real you get fear. Stuck in a loop. Yeah, I don't watch things like that. I can't. You don't watch things like that. I don't. Like like Happy Death Day. Oh, I watch Sequel Happy Death out. Day. Nah, that's like I'll, a, I'll that's that. Groundhog's Day. But I can't, but there's a specific one. The one where the person. Well, this is Happy Death Day is a specific type. But okay. when the person is like having the dialogue, and then it has like maybe they're all the same as I start <laughs> describing. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Talk it through it. Yeah. You know, that's what you do. You're right. There's well, a lot I, of those. I hope you realize that we're not stuck in a loop because you can see there have been some changes yeah. made around here. It's definitely not a loop. Or yeah. are we looping so far back that we don't remember this? Oh, don't do that. Please. Stop. Don't. 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 I don't mess with me, man. <laughs> I will shit myself in front of you. Something feels really familiar. <laughs> yeah. I just can't put my finger on it. And you're going to say, and that cat's going to do it. And that's yeah. weird. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nope, I will leave. <laughs> I will leave right now. But yes, the, the the surroundings are a little bit different. So if we sound a little bit different, it's because there's not stacks of comic books and records and mm-hmm. books uh, dead and old the, technology. The reverb in this room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, old old technology. <laughs> technology. The, uh, the I love your of, stacks of cables yeah. and speakers yeah. and old like the old speakers that used to like hook onto your monitor. Yeah, like yeah. the old school ones. <laughs> Oh, man. I miss those. They sound like shit. We've had this conversation before, haven't oh, we? Oh, my God. Ron's going to shit his pants here in a second <laughs> as he takes a drink and then spits it all over his computer. Oh. Just like what happened before. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, God. But, yeah, I'm remodeling uh, yeah. Schmovie Studios. Yeah, man. And um, good, or man. we are. I'm not doing this. So we've got professionals coming in and doing this. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, if it sounds a little different, that's why. Is the coffee bar going over there? Actually, there or? will be a little kitchenette type oh, area wow. underneath the stairs, and then the bathroom, full bathroom, will take up a lot of that. And then mm. the laundry is moving into there. Very. So cool. the storage is cut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I was telling Ronald that I went through item by item all the stuff that was in here. So I made like real choices. I didn't throw away as much stuff as I might have, but it was a whole new wave. I don't know if you've done this at different points in your life. Mm. When you kind of go through stuff because you're moving or yeah, just to clean out. And, sure. and you reach a new standard of what you would keep. Mm. And so the stuff that you kept last time, you now are able to go, what the hell did I keep this for shit sure. for? But a few years later, you now realize even more, I'm never going to need this yeah, again. That's true, man. But having a kid, there's this thought of like, maybe they're going to like this. I'll hold on to this in case my, my kid would mm-hmm. like this. And I've been at the age where it's like, I have a lot of things that I know Henry's never going to be interested <laughs> in. So keeping it now is really just yeah. being a pack rat. <clears throat> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. 
That's cool, man. I can't wait to see yeah. when it's done. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a cooler space to record in, as well as just kind of a family room. That's awesome. So we're hoping it'll double, like home office, studio, and family room. Cool. It's supposed to take three months, but you know that yeah. it's not going to be the actual date. So yeah. Anytime you come down to see if they're doing work and they, they shift suddenly, yeah, yeah you, you tack on a month. <laughs> I, feel so, I feel so useless. And they were checking their Twitter. <laughs> when I do that, I feel so useless Like when I'm the homeowner coming down to be like, well, I'm checking on what you're doing here. Looks good. Yeah, it looks good. Need some water? Yeah. <laughs> That's me every time I have somebody doing anything. I'm like, always like, you guys want some water? Right. Like, no, we're good. They leave. Just, yeah, leave let us, us alone, do nothing. weirdo. <laughs> They're just making up terms. Your byline, yeah. you got to change the byline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whole thing's all messed up, so the foundation's all messed up. Yeah. So we're gonna adjust the byline and get the squidoobble. Well, the guys we end up going with, uh, the guys we ended up going with are, are characters. Like it's a couple of older guys that are the the carpenter and the designer and the contracting guy, and then the, the guy they brought in is a little bit younger, and he's he's really efficient and really hardworking yeah. guy. But there's this weird. You have to constantly make sure everybody has talked to everybody. Mm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. the people that came yeah. and drew the plans that talked to us oh, didn't yeah. necessarily convey all of that to this builder who's yeah, been yeah, coming yeah. in. And so there's a constant, you know, it sounds like they're doing something important down there. And then when you hear, like, something being sawed or something being taken out, you're like, I need to make sure that we have an understanding about which <laughs> walls are staying. Did you get the latest email <laughs> yeah, right. with the new plans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're not taking down that wall that's yeah. already down? <laughs> right. Um, um, when I got an assessment of... Uh, I guess the house I want to get renovated. This guy used shit so many times when he was talking to me. He's just like, this shit, you don't have to do much of this shit. You know, the foundation is, the shit is perfect. You know, wow. She don't have to worry about this motherfucker. You just got to, I was like, oh my God. It was kind of incredible. But he was a really, really nice guy. He said, was nice, but did you hire him? No. <laughs> Not because of that, though. It was just like, what's that thing that's le- oh, you don't yeah. need that shit. Yeah, that shit's trust me on that shit. That shit's just they it's, put that here look, years ago. That shit can be a real motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was how he described. Now this his- shit over here, <laughs> you need to upgrade this. I specifically didn't hire him because of the way he he described his workers. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm gonna I'm hook you up with my Mexican friend. Oh, <laughs> why is that identifier for you? You just like my friend Miguel. I'd yeah. be like, oh, okay. Context clues would tell me. Yeah, that at least there you go. Yeah. He's a brown. <laughs> just, I was like, no. Or no. wait till you meet Miguel yeah, to find out. He's maybe a man. Yeah. <laughs> like I have a phobia of. <laughs> it was very weird. Didn't hire him. Yep. So. Well, okay. Well, I'll let you know if we're happy See with this done. guy's work. Maybe you can. <laughs> yes, please. No, mm-hmm. seriously, man. Yeah. That's really the only way you can do it. You can't really. Got that word of mouth. That trusted <laughs> word of mouth. Well, you start off. Looking at people with this like, has turned hi- into a construction podcast. I know. <laughs> what you gonna do? Before just... we get into the uh, insurance rates, construction, yeah. construction, construction. That's yeah, hard to well, say. That's out. why it'll never fly. This is adulting podcast. This yeah. is what it's about. This is where we are <laughs> in our thirties and forties. Well, you're very idealistic when you're like bringing people out to talk to them and get to and see who you like. Yeah. What we eventually went with was. They seem like they're going to do good work, but also they could put us on the calendar and they gave us a yeah. quote that was mm-hmm. realistic. In the ballpark. And yeah. it was just like, that's the choice you end up making is yeah. the person that gives you a number you like and they're like, we can start next month. Totally. And you go, okay, you you suddenly became miles better than the guy who seemed brilliant yes. but wanted twice as much or the people that can't, that aren't calling us back now yeah. that we're saying yeah. let's go with them. So, But yeah, it's crazy to think that you, you, you just hope that you're making right decisions. And I always feel like... The finishing decisions, as yeah. it gets more finished, that's when you need to go, all right, do we want to spend a little bit more money to you know, put in nice yeah. details? But right now, we're just 
putting in walls and stuff. Yeah. So it's nice. going to be a finished space. Nice, nice. And then, and also, you know, we're planning on moving out of this house before too long, like within a few years. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit weird to be like, why didn't we do this years ago yeah. so that we could enjoy it? I know. But we're much more likely to do something like that when we're thinking about the resale value. Oh, for sure. So it's like that, you, that'll pay off in the end. Yeah. And anyway. All that to say, there might be a tiny bit more reverb uh, on our voices. <laughs> you guys can hear it, right? Yeah. You hear that? Right. All that, just so you can hear that reverb. Yes. So yeah, man, I'm glad to see you guys again, both of you. It's been a, it's been a bit. Well, I mean, we've seen each other at some screenings, but yes, not, not in the pod space. That is true. Not, um, in, the, not in the pod space. I yeah, like that. You like that? Yes. Pod space alpha. Yep. That's yep. What you can call this room. And so it's cool, man. We can get together and talk about. Not the, we'll start our like the year that was conversations. Yes. This, this this podcast and we have a couple planned over the coming weeks. Like you know, January is like the month of yeah. looking back. We'll look when back. January's we'll over, we should be done looking back, and we should be looking straight ahead at all the all the great things on the horizon. All the great things. Like, yeah. is the dead period of the year even a thing anymore? Do, or do people realize they can put out like sleeper hits in that period now? Oh, man, it's a really good question. I don't, I don't think it's a thing anymore, Mm-mm. because there's always still a hit yeah. in that time of year. So it's like there's programming decisions where it's like people just want something in a theater, mm-hmm. and you know, like this January, February. I mean, Escape Room comes out; and it's a big hit. Yeah, horror film. You know, no budget horror film makes back I think twice its budget in opening week. You know, Glass comes out in you know a week or so. Which it's, have you seen the reviews? I know. I know. <laughs> oh. I know. Yeah. No, I, I, I I don't want to be like led by reviews, but usually when there's a flood of reviews that are all like tepid, I was, I'm always looking for like, where's that person whose whose opinion I generally jibe with? I have a few that that are saying that that they they love it it or something. Yeah, I I have a couple that I'm I'm hanging on to. Okay. But just to say though that you know that's a big release. Yeah. I think that they have decided, you know, movies whether they feel like the movies aren't great films. Mm But that's not the case always because you get Get Out and you get Split and you get Deadpool and you get Kingsman. You know, like these these months that used to be dead and this conversation comes around every year around now and getting into the end of the summer. But I think that window is like closed so much because there's so much coming out. People want the hot new thing that's in theaters. There's some great holdovers right now in theaters still um, that are doing really well. But I mean, movies can come out like Escape Room or like Glass or like, I don't know how the well, I, I don't feel like the upside is going to do very well, but it's like... There, there's a there's a market for some of these movies, especially if they're not big budget films. You don't think you know? the Upside's going to do well? You don't I think don't. one of its stars is having a really a good a, moment, a really rough spot right now? I, I didn't think that this film was going to do well to begin with. Yeah, and this has done nothing but the timing's horrible. Yeah, yeah. for for that film to be coming out, so they basically just got to just let it rip, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, but like a fart, like a fart. Sometimes <laughs> you can't smell it. Yeah. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes when you it's do. It's an extended metaphor. You got to let it rip. Sometimes you can't smell it. It works. You can. It checks out. Yeah. If you check the math, guys, it does. <laughs> you think at Netflix, they were like, where are we going to put this out? Let it rip. Like yeah. a fart. <laughs> right. Put it out. See what happens. Yeah, man. Man, burp. They actually have a button. Like the, the, the director of programming actually has a button on his desk that goes <laughs> when he pushes it. He's like, that's what we're going to do. I, I think if one thing this year has taught us, well, 2018, 2019, yeah. into 2019 is like, there is no formula. One thing 2019 has taught us. 2018 <laughs> into 2019 is kind of taught, especially with like Netflix, man, it's it's about availability. Mm. And then like you cannot guess what's going to do well. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a cultural thing. Like it, like it, I think that meme culture made Bird Box sure. really popular. I don't think it would have <clears throat> survived quite as well if it weren't for like... I'm noticing something, especially with like that. Uh, what's that 
the, the, the horror film you were just talking about. Um, quite, uh, no, not quite place. Uh, escape room. Escape room. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Things with rules that people can explain really quickly mm-hmm. blow people's fucking mind. Because mm-hmm. I think about things like uh, Purge. Mm-hmm. When you, I remember listening to people talk about Purge. Like, oh, it's just one day. You fucking kill anybody you want. Yeah. It happens for 24 hours. Yeah. Rules in movies that are part of the, the central story. Yeah, it's a concept. Drive people crazy. They're like, I got us. It's a hook. Yeah, you just latch onto it. Yeah. For sure. You're right. You're absolutely so right. So Bird Box was one of those things. It, it had... And A I Quiet mean, Place, which I said... Oh, yeah. I was quiet, which is... by accident a second ago. Better but. than that movie. Can we say that? We can say that. Okay. Thank you. I, I just want to get. I haven't that seen Bird Box yet, but you can still. See I haven't now. seen it, and I still know. I mean, yeah, I no, oh, I still wow. haven't seen it. Okay. But I know it's. Come on, man. Ronald, passing judgment without seeing the movie. Come I don't. I, it's, it's. Are you trying to break down the credibility of this podcast? Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. No, man. It's not. It's not. Come bad. on, this shit over here. You know about this shit over <laughs> here. This motherfucker. It's not bad, man. No, it's I not. don't think. I don't, I don't. It's not anything special, though. But in you, my opinion. You know. But you're 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 right, though, in the sense that. So I think it's a couple things. You're right. Is is like just kind of talking about availability and mm-hmm. you know things that people will, will find interesting but like bird box is a really interesting point because what you said's right like you say oh you just there's something scary you just can't let you can't see it like yeah. close your eyes like mm-hmm. oh fuck that's cool mm-hmm. you know but but i think that there's something special about bird box and it's a movie that's been in development for a long time but like if you look at that movie that movie seems like it was like a mathematical equation in terms of it being a horror thriller Female directed, female star, black male lead, mm-hmm. multiple nationalities represented on the screen, young stars, old stars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's all these things, like yeah. these like quadrants. Mm-hmm. It just seems like they had like a four quadrant hit on their hands. Yeah. They have a genre film that got pretty good reviews that's available right now to 50 plus million people worldwide. Mm-hmm. It's like that that's probably going to that's probably going to hit. And mm-hmm. you're right, you don't always know. But I feel like they they had a feeling that they had something with Bird Box dropping it the week after between Christmas and New Year right. when everybody's off, everybody's home looking for something to watch and or going to the theater to see a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about this holiday season in my in my exposure on like my Twitter feed and social media and just word of mouth around me, as many people were talking about Bird Box as any film in theaters. Yes. If Maybe not more. more. I say yeah. more. If not more. I say more. Like people talking about Aquaman, Bumblebee, Mary Poppins, whatever. But I would say as many, if not more, were like, "Have you seen Bird Box?" Oh yeah, I like would, I would dude, say Bird Box many is more. So good. Like, like as far as a widespread, when you're talking about cutting yeah. across the demographics, yes, much more widespread across demographics. Because I, I mean, I'm on a couple of movie groups where, for instance, something like Aquaman comes out. There's going to be a lot of discussion about sort of every headline or every take right, on it. Right, right, right. But as far as general in my feed responses, like. A lot of people love horror, yeah. mm-hmm. and a lot of people you don't think of as horror buffs or horror fans are still interested in what's the latest kind of scary thing. Sure. Everything you said, very true. It's on Netflix. Netflix has gotten a track record recently, but they've been developing it over the past few years of these sort of genre pieces, finding yeah. a home for these pulpier movies yeah. that don't try to mimic the kind of like prestige yeah. television fare as much as they do the same kind of movie you would go see in the theater. Yeah. or that you. So I, I think that, yeah, you're right, that it did seem like... It somehow just hit, and it was just all over the place. And I don't know if that's a mark of what they're able to do now with a property, or if it is this kind of perfect storm of elements that made it appealing to so many people. And not having seen it, I can't really say more than that. I don't know what I wouldn't give for like a peek behind the curtain of Netflix. Mm -hmm. There's so much data there that 
I feel like they just not and you know and they're in the business sometimes where they're buying movies after the fact, but movies that they actually develop and like really kind of have a ground floor influence on. I mean, there's like there's like math in there. Like mm-hmm. there's like oh, data yeah. data yeah. math in there that like, and some of them you can tell are like big hits like this. I think you know there's you dice. I've read this article where they were kind of dissecting everything about the movie. And like you know, there's kids, and you know, there's a there's a maternal element, mm-hmm. and there's sisters, and she falls in love with a black male lead, and there's a young another young girl who's pregnant in the film, and there's just all these things that are like there's like probably somebody that can relate to everything, mm-hmm. you know, it like it hits so many people. Maybe someone who's not used to seeing their character have so, so much to do in a movie either, exactly. or a character they exactly. can relate to exactly uh, presented like that. So, but yeah, I mean, I thought the Bird Box is fine. Like I I didn't like love it. I didn't think it was anything. Great. I'd watch it again. I'd recommend it to anybody like like just want to check out a thriller. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And Sandra Bullock is like, she's just a star. Yeah, man. she's one of those. I love just seeing her in a movies. And even if the movie's not great, she's always yeah really good. She holds her own, man. Yeah. I, I, and Trevante Rhodes is awesome. I fucking want to see him in so many movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the, he's. I didn't really think much of him in The Predator, but I didn't think much of The Predator. But he's really good in Bird Box, and like he's like the male lead of the movie. Oh. Yeah, it's he's good, man. I think you should I, check it out. I liked him in Moon. Oh, God. He was great in Moonlight. Moon, why couldn't I think of the last part of that? Moon. <laughs> moon. In the moon. You confused him with Sam Rockwell for a minute. <laughs> in the moon. moon. Um, so, yes, this is our kind of catch-up. This normally would have been released yeah. around Christmas. Uh, we established this tradition last year of combining our, what had previously that been two different episodes, our Bah Humbug episode, which was a Christmas-themed episode where we could kind of be negative about some things that had happened yeah. that year, and then our Schmanksgiving episode, which used to be an opportunity to give thanks. So last year we combined that into one episode called Holiday Schmoliday. Mm. This year that was the plan again, and then the year ended <laughs> without us being able to be in the same room. Mm. So right. we're going to do some thanks and some Bah Humbugging to some various things that were trends or or events right. or personalities or just things that made up uh, the, the movie year that was 2018. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody wants to get us started. I, I didn't know. Should we start with... Um, you know, it seems like if you go sequentially in terms of the holidays, we would start with Schmanksgiving. But should we start with Bah Humbug so that we end on a positive I note? I think yeah. you're on to something there. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think we should end positive. Yeah, okay. since we're not really connected to any holidays anymore. Yeah. We'll start with our Bah Humbugs. Okay. Who I, wants to get the ball rolling? I'll go first. All right. Uh, my first Bah Humbug is cancel culture. Uh, this whole, <laughs> I don't really, I mean, it, it is it is is an effective tool for those that deserve it. And then sometimes it feels like it, people are just retroactively trying to destroy people. Um, isolating these incidences where people make mistakes um, that sometimes don't aren't as detrimental as they're perceived to be. And if you isolate them, they do sometimes seem like they're like mm-hmm. if somebody touches somebody's leg in an interview, they're like, oh, they're, you know, inappropriate, possible rapist, things like that. Yeah. Um, I think that there has to be some consideration for the idea that people make mistakes and we have to have some gauge of degrees of that. I mean, surely someone who is uh, cap- uh, sex- known as a sexual predator or something like that, racially insensitive, yes, but sometimes we have to look at the whole person sometimes. Right. like I feel like sometimes... I've seen people say, oh, this person is racially inappropriate. They've said one thing or two things 10 years ago, and then they're getting punished for the rest of their lives for something that they may have made a mistake and they may have changed, but you you change, your perspective changes. 
in cancel culture is sort of uh, and let's explain what you mean because i know what you mean and okay you probably so, know what he means but yeah, that use so, of the word cancel someone is canceled that they, was like a bit of slang that has yeah. become like almost like let's get the word out when somebody yeah, crosses it, the line done. or somebody unearths an old tweet yes or, it's like it's sort of and it happens it goes like twitter is really where i see this in action where yeah. i see like this person has done this thing and or this person speaks out even in a positive way and mm-hmm. someone wants to remind people oh no this person that yeah. you think is good actually did this bad thing and then they are canceled and it will manifest itself through literally everything that a person does they will post that thing in a in a post mm-hmm. constantly it is weaponizing the internet in a way that I just have never seen before. It's amazing to me how quickly it happens. I don't know what I think of a deserving target of being canceled is, but what I think is interesting is that notion of how knee-jerk it is. Yes. You know? And it's like the speed of it. In fact, last year, one of my bah humbugs was the speed of social media that you could go to bed thinking you did a good thing and wake up finding out you're trash. Yeah, yeah. You know? And again, I, I think what you're talking about is taking the human being out of that equation it does seem like there's a sort of there's a sort of collateral damage that people are willing to accept where they don't want any nuance in their image of someone. Yeah, it's so binary. Like when they say it's either like a, it's a one and a zero. It's like either you're completely perfect or completely flawed. Yes. But I mean, the person that's neither, where where is the empathy or the understanding or or just li- wanting to hear more or find out more? It's like yeah. it seems like like you're saying, John. It just happens so quickly mm-hmm. that there's not even a lot of times, not in every situation, but there's a lot of times not a conversation of like the reality that most of us, if not all of us, exist in that middle ground somewhere. Yes, you know, and like we're, we don't need to stack and rank each person. Yeah, you know, like let's just figure out what the person is and who they are now. But yeah, it's it's. It's really, it's really tough to and I'm not navigate talk- or talk about. But yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Though. I'm not talking about the Kevin Spaceys of the world. I'm not right, talking I, about I, the I got Bill you. Cosby. You're talking about the difference between someone who has actively done bad things because it, it yes. is a 100% a benefit to our society and our culture that we now listen to, or at least to me, it seems this way. Maybe I'm, maybe I have uh, rose-colored glasses on, but it seems like we listen to accusers and victims more now. That we make space oh, yeah. for people's Absolutely. stories about sure. what has happened to them. And we, we yeah. have canceled and trashed and thrown out some heinous people. Like you mentioned Kevin Spacey. Like, that guy is a piece of work. Yeah. And more and more so seems like a yeah. really bad guy. Right. Um, I, I'm on the fence when I see it with certain people. But then I think that it's... We've talked a lot about this, how you behave once the accusations have come out or yes. how you behave once it's unearthed. Okay, so it's the, that's the thing Like, too. for instance, the Kevin Hart situation. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like that guy, remember Nate Parker, Nate Turner? Yeah, yeah was it Nate last, Parker. What was it? Nate Parker. Was it Nate Parker? Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember if it was, <laughs> Nat what, Turner is the character, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Nate Parker is the director. Okay, he so. got so canceled that you forgot what his name was. I was wow. I was like, yeah. He was here the, and then gone. They canceled the his shit. His name was Natalie Thompson, was that it? <laughs> One of my bah humbugs last year was the shitty fake apology or the, yes. mis, the mishandling of this moment where you're supposed okay. to show some empathy. So when you're talking about a moment of growth, mm. a moment of I was this way and now I'm this way, I do. I am shocked when someone bungles that moment so much. And keeps doing it. Like, for instance, right now we've got the Kevin Hart situation where he's yeah. been doubling down on sort of not really apologizing for yeah. these views that are horrible. Like the mm. joke that he made, if you accept it as a joke, there's a lot of jokes that people used to make that now people realize how horrible they are. Yeah. But I think what we're doing is saying, let's not make that kind of joke. And I don't have a problem. I mean, I know a lot of comedians. I have, I'm friends with a lot of comedians. And I know a lot of comedians are this sort of, they feel like they have to stand 
for the comedian's right to say anything. Mm-hmm. I agree on certain level as an artist there's that, but I think as an audience member, you also, you have the right to not find something funny. Yeah, and for comedians absolutely. to be thin-skinned about people not finding them funny, I find that to be sort of like, that to me is distasteful and ironic. Yeah. But you should be free to make jokes that might ruin your career. You should be free to make jokes that are going to turn an audience yeah. off. Um I think Louis C.K. recently had a comeback that right. people have been talking about, and that guy has yeah. not, again, la- I listened to our Holiday Schmoliday from last year, uh-huh. and we were talking about him going away and basically being done and being gone, and it seemed like he was. But it hasn't been that long, no. and he's back, and he hasn't shown that he's learned anything. He's shown that maybe he's willing to appeal to an audience that doesn't think what he did was that bad, right, or he's right. trying to find that kind of like, that audience that's going to say, I'm glad he's back, and not, what's he doing back? And I think that Kevin Hart, in a weird way, just to put a bow on that thought, I think he's playing to that same idea, that if he sort of avoids apologizing and stays sort of true, quote unquote, to his his comedic ideals of mm-hmm. not having to apologize, that there's a certain audience member that's going to love that and love him for that, and it's like, it reminds me of the way our current president plays to his base. Yeah. It seems like sometimes people are accepting of the notion that, okay, I might be shutting off an entire swath of people that would otherwise feel safe with my material. Yeah. But I'm playing into people that are going to love that I didn't back down. And I just feel like like I don't have a lot of patience for what that feels like retro or regressive behavior to me. Well, so I don't know. How do you feel about the Kevin Hart or the two, Louis Two CK things, thing? and I'll, I guess I'll let it go. Uh, one is... I don't understand how the same resource that you use to find said comments is the same place where an apology could be found. That bothers me. But I do have this idea. What do you mean? Like like, like the same resource, the the Internet. There's mm -hmm. a vast place. And you have to dig to find people's things, right? Mm -hmm. You go back. You have to use tools to do that, right? So that same resource that you're using to find the shitty things that they said. You cannot find an apology at any point because mm-hmm. he did apologize. But mm-hmm. here's another thing that I've been thinking about. See, I we, thought I saw something that didn't really look like an apology. Well, versions of what he considers yeah. an apology, right? But, well, he was like, I'm, but it was that kind of I'm sorry if you're offended yeah. apology. It wasn't like this was a horrible thing. I shouldn't have yeah. said that. I agree with that. Yeah. But then there's this thing where like, um, I think when you make certain comments, you have to keep apologizing. And I don't know how people feel about that. That might be offensive to people. I feel like if I said something that was very offensive, like, I mean, because the specific thing was violence against uh, your son if they had if they were gay. Right. You'd hit him with a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would keep apologizing. And I know that sounds shitty to some people, but I feel like that represents something very different for a different population of people that you may not know. Yeah, people are being sure. abused, people being met with violence for their life, you know, any yeah. life that they're living. Um, that, to me, deserves, every once in a while, just being like, I'm not that person anymore. Right. I apologize. And not apologizing that you feel like that, man. That's a weird... You want to fight me? You mm-hmm. tell me, you, I'm sorry you feel like that. That's a terrible apology. So, right. in general, I think that the, the cleanup should involve some genuine apologies and not, I'm sorry you feel like that. It reminds me of the James Gunn situation, mm-hmm. which also happened in the middle of this this period. Because, you know, last year when we were talking about our kind of interview roundup, we were definitely talking about what is, was the beginning of kind of the way the Me Too movement was shaking Hollywood. And I would say that there's, you know, you could be on the spectrum as to how you feel about what happened with James Gunn. I know we haven't talked about it since the immediate news hit, but it kind of seems like... Like, I don't know how that, I don't know how that shook out. I really don't know. I kind of feel like, I, 
I don't quite understand what happened there. You it know? was quiet enough. I think it was quiet enough that it didn't seem like he shook anything else up. Yeah. I feel like he, he, he the things happened. He said some things yeah. he, he, in reaction. I mean, and then the, he just the, the jokes go. he made, like, let's go back. They're terrible. They're, they're terrible. Like, terrible. I can't, like, I don't want to hang out with the guy that makes those jokes, you know. <laughs> no. But it is strange that it sort of quieted down once it was done. It was almost like Disney did whatever they needed to repair their self-image or yeah. whatever. It was done. But I mean, yeah, and then the, the announcement that he's supposed to be working on the Suicide Squad sequel for DC. Like, I don't know how I feel about any of that. It just feels like something that somebody made up. But he he did apologize very he full did. heartedly and very like, you know, very clearly. And it still was not enough to stop the fact that, you know. Canceled. Yeah, canceled. You canceled. I don't think he's canceled. No, I'm just no, joking. No. Right? no, but I mean, in that moment, like, well, with, though, like, but with he, he did the right thing. He's yeah. got to take the consequence of what they decided to do. Yeah. Kept his mouth shut. Yeah. And he's gonna. He has a movie coming out in a couple months that he's producing. Yeah. He's gonna possibly do Suicide Squad two. They're probably gonna use his script for Guardians three. Like, it's gonna. You know. Yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. Don't feel sorry for him. Right. But right. at the same time, what happened with him was was a strange moment for. I don't agree with it. Yeah. Personally. Right. But right. it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't agree with a lot of things that happened. But yeah. They happen, and and I'm sure he doesn't. You're not happy to be here. I'm not happy. Why the fuck am I here? <laughs> <laughs> but um. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's just like you're yeah. right though. It happens so quickly, and 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 in that case, I think it happened really fast. In the wake of Roseanne getting fired, same network, same parent company. <clears throat> so like there, there's there's things happening behind the scenes from people that are way more powerful than him, us especially, or anybody else that's on Twitter yeah. mm-hmm. squawking about it. But I mean, like in his case is specifically, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a dick, but it probably worked out the best possible way it could for him after the fact that he knew he yeah. was gonna get fired. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the bottom line is you he probably you probably played that right. You know, you lost a huge gig. You got a lot of support from your friends and like the industry people and you know fans, whatever. But you know, it's a it's a really awkward conversation, and I don't really know where I fall on it entirely. But yeah. the overall idea of what you're presenting, I totally agree with. Yeah. Like you know, just how quickly it happens, and just like being done immediately with something, you know. And I like what you said about like you know the same resource that you use to find the flaw. You know, you would never expend the amount of time you found that flaw in to like find something good yeah. about mm-hmm. that person or something that was directly apologize. You know, whatever the situation might be, like you would just hope that same effort was put forth in that yeah. way. But I don't know, not to make excuses for anybody. Cause, no, you know, right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Absolutely, man. <clears throat> but I'm, but yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm glad we could talk about yeah. this, man. It's 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 happening so much. Right. And every I'm day. Glad, yeah. Every day. Every day, somebody's like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I read God. it, and sometimes I was telling a friend of mine who said I, I probably should get involved in Twitter more, I, you know, because I was there was news they weren't hearing or something, mm-hmm. and I said no, actually, I don't know that I would because like I look at Twitter in the morning, and there's like five different opportunities to get your feelings hurt, like right. wh- whether it's somebody you agree with getting torn to pieces for speaking up, or whether it's just feeling hurt that so much nuance is lost watching a back and forth or follow, you know, going down a rabbit hole of a rabbit hole of a rabbit hole, seeing just the shitty stuff people say when they yeah. don't have to back up yeah. what they're saying face to face. And I do think that it's a valuable, when you talk about the tool, the resource, it is amazing what a double-edged sword that particular aspect of it is. Because without social media, you don't have this ability to like turn the tide against somebody. Yeah. But you also don't have the ability to connect with whatever group that is that might make you feel less isolated or feel right. less marginalized. So there's this there's this give and take of reading it. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know that I need to be this informed. I think I was yeah. fine I don't, I don't before I knew that people had these types of insurmountable disagreements that they're just never going to get past. Mm-hmm. 
I'll put one of mine out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of my bah humbugs was uh, the whole Fantastic Beasts franchise. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. We, we spent a lot of time. I'm not going to go too that's deep on it. But, I mean, I just, like, at the end of the year, I kind of look back and thinking about, like, how the movie performed uh, worldwide. Mm. You know, it still makes a ton of money. You know, they're still going to have three more movies, apparently, in this series, whatever happens. My big bah humbug with it is just like, I guess overall, how I as a fan feel like the films are being handled. I feel like I'm not the guy who is all in on the books. I like the books. That's not what got me into the character. It's the Mm -hmm. movies that did. So, you know, just as a cinematic experience, I feel like the the movies just kind of feel like a complete miss. And we've Mm -hmm. gone over a lot of this on our podcast when we talked about that movie when it came out. But I just look back and thinking about like the place that that film holds in that time of year that it comes out. It's kind of like one of those event films, and like the, all of the Harry Potter films were. And you know, I want to say this is its own thing and like give it its own thing, but it's really not. You can tell how heavily they're relying. on Well, they're not willing it. to let it be its no, own thing. No, it's no way. No. Yeah. Like that's what that was the whole point was that like they seem to really be go- going that direction when the first film came out, and that's a little bit of what I didn't love about the first movie. But it was going for something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the more and more you hear about it and casting and stories and who's doing what, they just don't know what they want it to be. It's like, you know, there's not enough things, there's not enough source there to make it a franchise. So they have to make it a franchise that lives inside of the world that they really survive off of. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really curious to see what they do with the next movie to see if they course correct it all because they, they, there's no way that this could have performed critically or commercially the way that they intended it to. Um, but just as a as a franchise coming off of Harry Potter, like a beloved franchise, one of the biggest in cinema history, like a, a mm. one that I personally love, um, it just kind of was such a letdown. That it didn't like improve at all mm-hmm. from the first film, and and I think pretty unanimously got worse. You know, yeah, it's if funny. You look Pete... at critics and just you know dollars speak, and that movie in in the states is like really really underperformed it's funny that even people that didn't like the first one and people that did like the first one they both were disappointed like like you for instance were someone i know who was not overly charmed by all the new characters of the of the first one and even you were like they should have focused more on the new characters in this this sequel i would be interested in that dumbledore story Mm -hmm. but the problem with this film for me was that it didn't do anything with the new characters, and it really didn't do anything with the characters that you knew from the books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't do anything with Dumbledore. It didn't do anything really with Grindelwald. It didn't do much at all. It was just a lot of spinning wheels. Like not a lot takes place in a two-hour and thirty-minute movie. That's that's part it's two crazy. of five. But yeah, part two of five. Five. In terms of narrative progress, like there's not much that changes in this film, five, except Ronald. for one revelation that comes. Like you're up. watching part two, and yeah. you know there's gonna. I mean, and, and I know we yeah. talk about a lot of franchises that have big plans, but there was something about that. That well, it was initially three, yeah. right? And then it, got and then it was five. five, like somehow overnight. Yeah, like wow, it's like making three movies out of the Hobbit. It's just right. they're, they're getting more and more insecure about what they tried to yeah. do you're with right. Newt Scamander, and they're just gonna turn it into Harry Potter. You know, you're totally right. But yeah, that's one of my Bahamas. Yeah, mm. I can believe that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Um, well, my Bah Humbug is also related to a beloved property by me that just recently got a sort of new edition that that I'm just sort of, I'm just, I'm disappointed that uh, the BBC, Netflix, Watership Down, that they, they, they didn't have the budget to make a thing it doesn't look like. Like really? the animation, the animation looks like PlayStation 2 cutscene oh, no. animation. Um, and it looks, you know, have you ever seen... 
you've ever seen a deleted scene on an animated or a CGI-driven movie, and it's mm. like it's not the finished animation? Oh, yeah, like It's pre-vis. like the animatics? Yeah. It looks like a previs wow. slash video game treatment of the subject. Now, they've got a great voice cast, and they're expanding it to a four-hour like it's four hour long episodes as opposed to a two hour movie so it's like as an adaptation you can you know four hours is to adapt a novel you could you've got a lot more room than you do in a regular movie and like I said the cast so it just sounded so much like this is going to be an awesome thing and then they make this thing that just the production values are just so disappointing like it's BBC you know and they make some cheap shit but they they do some amazing stuff with some budgets but I kept thinking all along like how are they going to handle like what is the look of this movie going to be is it going to be some kind of quirky style of animation where you can get away without having a huge budget or is it going to be quaint you know, or is it going to somehow they're going to pull a rabbit out of their hat? I know that's that that was not a planned wow. play on words, but they're going to pull a rabbit out of their uh, hat and and do some amazing cinema quality animation on a BBC budget. But I just sort of knew the look of this film is something to really be cautious about. And then when they finally started releasing footage, it was just it made me think like. And this is the sort of broader question I have for you guys. But with adaptations, mm-hmm. you sort of hope for a great adaptation of something you love, you know. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be just like the book. In fact, the original movie from the '70s that I loved did a lot of cut a lot more of the book than this miniseries probably will. Um, but it still worked. Like there was something about it that still had this charm to it. Um, but like an adaptation kind of means no one else is going to adapt it for a while. Yeah. And so this was such a good sounding oh thing that now that it's here, I kind of feel like. It's, back to the mentioning Tolkien it'd be like if you loved Tolkien but you hated the way Peter Jackson adapted Lord of the Rings you would go no one's going to make another Lord of the Rings movie for 30 years or something you know you're not going to yeah. get a chance to see it done a different way for a long time and I was really hoping this version of Watership Down was going to be like this is the shit this is the talking rabbits this is going to be the treatment of the greatest talking rabbits story of all mm-hmm. time that's going to make it relevant for a new generation. And as it comes out, it kind of feels like this is really only going to be interesting to people who were already a fan and were interested, uh, or maybe people who watch anything animated or whatever. Right. But it doesn't have that right. sweep and that... So it's like, I'm both disappointed in the specific look, but I also feel like just that idea of an adaptation that kind of misses, mm-hmm. and it kind of takes that item off the cultural table for a while, you mm-hmm. know? So I mean, those look weird. So my bah humbug is just to the production values of uh, Netflix's uh, Watership Down, which I could have watched by now, and I'm sh- I've heard mixed feelings about Jesus. what it is. But uh, so it might be it might be very entertaining. Maybe if I squint, hopefully I'll it turns it. around for you. Yeah, but it does look strange. But have you had anything like that that you love that was adapted in a way that you just said, oh well, the the, the culture at large is not going to understand how great this thing is, or it won't be for everybody. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ghost in the Shell is one of those stories that's just really cool. And mm-hmm. not only did they just make it the lead white and, like, speaking in English, and then they speak in Japanese. It was lazy in that way. Right. Just, it could have been really cool. And it's such a... It, that's why I never want to see Akira done. I mean, mm-hmm. even though, like, Jordan Peele was attached to it at one point. Oh, he was, wow. Yeah, and then he just kind of said no because he doesn't want to ruin it because he knows. Smart man. Yeah, it's just... He just got attached to it just so he could publicly say he wasn't going to do it like, nah. and sound really smart. <laughs> yeah. He's smart. <laughs> he is smart. Smart move. Can't wait to see his new one. We haven't talked yeah. about that, oh, but his man. trailer looks insane. God. Us. Yeah. So mine is kind of related to that. Okay. It's, it's, it's called No New Stuff? Question mark, And it really has to do with the idea that I would love to see some original things. Now, while you guys have very much relaxed my opinions on remakes and stuff like that and adaptations, 
we need more original content. We need more original stories that aren't based on BBC things and aren't based on uh, novels and comic books. We need some new worlds being created. And I think that it's a little frustrating to see these things. And, and sometimes they're a little bit like what they're doing now is they're just giving it different names. Mm-hmm. Like it may be a comic book. But they're calling it the Dark Crescent or something like that. And then you realize it's a DC comic with another name that they're burying that it's based on something else. And what I just want to see some new stuff, man, that isn't adapted from something that isn't a remake that isn't it's just goddamn, man. Like I and what is what what's been proven in the last year is that the reliance on that isn't really working anymore necessarily right. or that like, it's hit or miss yeah it's and it seems to be more missed than hit a lot of the time specifically when it comes to like things that are over 20 years old i mean anything that's like pulled from something they're like oh they'll love this some executive is saying and then it comes out I think and, there was something recently that was like that where i was like yeah they're, like, they're doing that can you think of anything think, that was I mean, sort of a what the fuck I feel like a bunch of stuff came out that, that in 2018 that was like i mean that, like, um, the big swing like the most recent one i don't know if it's what you're talking about that that mortal engines yeah one stuff like was that. another big swing mortal that like yeah it's like what who but i mean but that's adapt you know that's that's adapted from a beloved or like a popular book apparently but, but i would say that the book is obscure enough that that Slots in as what you're talking about, honestly. Mortal Engines is almost its own category. Right, it feels be original because it doesn't. I don't think people wide widely know that book necessarily right, right. or knew that that was based on a book. But I do think that's almost like a whole separate question that might not. I don't want to derail your discussion of saying like what happened with that mm. movie is so curious that it was yeah. made on such a scale yeah. with clearly so much budget and like you know it a, 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 a Oscar like... award winning screenwriting team working on this yeah. and and it it makes you wonder like someone like Peter Jackson is he ever going to have another success like like he had with Lord of the Rings because it doesn't seem like this was able to tap the zeitgeist this yeah. Mortal Engines but well Lord of the Rings seems a lot more simple too like I, I think that like the ships in the sky and one I'm t- cities swallowing sw- cities yeah, yeah I thought it looked cool though much, I, I, no, no, it's, I think it's a cool idea I'm just saying it's like, just it's a big swing I just remember seeing that first going trailer across the yeah. countryside very different than yeah. ships <laughs> in the sky it's a really it's it's like you, you're like okay these yeah. Little people are just dealing with magic and stuff. Okay, that's cool. Well, you're yeah. just yeah. You're, it's Ships. easier to look at these stories that are like in in the past a little bit because they're simpler. Yeah, or they're, people they're, they're simpler. Across. Like yeah. I couldn't name five characters from mm-hmm. you know whatever. Yeah, but the futuristic stuff is a little harder to grasp. It gets weird with people, man. It's it's something about it's it really is not to be. I keep talking about it. Being able to explain things simply. Once you get into, I've noticed something. Have you ever seen the conversations where two people are talking about a movie and they're like, man, you're going to love this movie. There's a movie about people in the sky with ships. Why are they in the sky with ships? Well, so the the world just, nope, no, absolutely not. I don't, I do not want, this sounds stupid and you're stupid for telling me about it. And that happens a lot. Man. I'm not sure if I followed what you were just saying. But that's what happened. That's what that's it is. That's a conversation that we had yeah. that one time. When you're talking about... When you called me stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying like, when you're trying to describe a thing, and you, yeah, just you, sound, you, you just can't do it. And you and sound nuts. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, and, you're, and they're lost immediately. Yeah. The conversation devolves and yeah. you realize that like, if you can't explain it quickly, it may not be worth. Well, see, that's I, I feel like out. I lose people when I say "Talking Rabbits," and it's one of the best books ever. Yeah, but talk, um, I mean, but if you talk <laughs> rabbits, yeah. killing each but other. But they're looking for a home. That's that's what you're right. That's yeah. the story. They're looking for a home. Talking it's like, rabbits looking for boom, a home. Boom, got it. Boom. Yeah, yeah, it's, man. Once you get into 
ships in the sky. In, I'm in, in you, a man. future where cities have become nope. mobile for some reason and they can't live John. on the ground for this reason Excuse and me, they John. don't use airships John. for this reason. And no, hold on a second. You. Hold on a second. Londonium or something is the name of a moving version of London. No. Bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> As you're describing this, it almost comes to mind like when you're talking about the original stuff, you're not specifically talking about franchises. Uh, because my, let me just explain. Let me. I'm not saying before you answer this. <laughs> I'm asking because the big swing franchises they usually a lot of times are coming from the pre-existing IP because the world's built already. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like they can map out that. Where I feel like there have been some pretty big successes recently with the original films that aren't franchises per se or weren't intended to be franchises. I get what you're saying. And were like. I'm really not, incredible experience films. I'm not saying don't have these things exist in, in the cinematic world. I'm mm-hmm. just saying for every 12 known IPs or related IPs, mm-hmm. maybe I have like two original ones. Two that do not involve a pre-existing world. I, okay, I, That's I, a, I, I mean, agree. It's, it's crazy, yeah. man. It's like, I, and I, it fucking I'm just curious me, like what you, like, you know, Yeah, that's all. It. Like, I'm not saying I don't want these things. I was a little harsher before. I was yeah. like, the remakes, yeah. adaptations should not fucking exist. For sure, you know, for sure. I said that. I actually was going to ask you guys, have you read about, to circle back to us really quick because this episode's already running long. Yeah. <laughs> have you read how like, there's a possibility this is like a remake or a retelling of a French film called Them? Yeah. Do, do you th- that that seems I real legit that to me. too? But I, uh, part of me feels I need to like, watch that film. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what I knew a- about ASAP. them, what I knew about that film, them does not jibe with what. Okay, yeah. does not jibe with what I think this movie seems to be doing. But it might be that I just didn't know enough about them. Okay, the movie them. Not I heard that, but I don't because it's really weird. Like there's there's a lot of. What seems weird to me would be that he would do that for his second big yeah. thing, a follow. But if if there are similarities, maybe there is a certain because you know, like Get Out had similarities to certain things too yeah. that you could point to. But it's the way he throws these things together. What I love I, I, about the the trailer for us is that it looks like it's really going for some legit horror and some legit just scenes and scares that don't seem. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it has a social undercurrent to it, but I like that the the concept of the the, the horror seems to be something that is separate from. What he said, being like a message, and I'm not saying I don't want it to be a message. I want Jordan Peele to have that angle, but I I also want him to just make a good a good creeptastic film. And this looks really creepy. Cool, it's a great cast. Yeah, and I've always found the idea of yourself being the scariest thing you could come up against. Yeah, you know that's what made uh, Primer uh, such a such a creepy movie. Is the idea of like encountering some different version of yourself. Like there's nobody you should be more afraid of because you can't outthink yourself. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And you also know, you know what an asshole you really are. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. no one knows what I would do to live like I do. So <laughs> that's not a fight anyone wants to see. Um, all right, Steve, what's your... My next uh, Bah Humbug, I wasn't sure what to call this, but I'm going to, I guess I'll call it like mm, the Netflix Stigma. Oh. Um, I was really, it's, 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 it, might, it might be two different humbugs that I may just be doubling up on here, but you tell Steve? me. No, 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 no. It's it. This is a bi so humbug. So it's it's a bi humbug. Yeah, bi humbug. Yeah. Um, basically, what 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 I'm referring to is like one of my biggest things that bothers me on social media and even just people talking in the world about Netflix is when they make the comment like, "Man, did you see that movie? It was so good." But I would have really preferred to see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. That is something that bothers me so much. Really? Because why? Be- because 
Sure. I think most people would love to see everything on the big screen Mm -hmm. if those movies ever had a route to the big screen. But I feel like saying that is like a backhanded compliment to the fact that that filmmaker, that cast, whatever, found a way to get that piece of art onto any kind of medium. Mm -hmm. And the one that it was delivered to you in, you're kind of accepting, but then you're also kind of smacking it in the face. Yeah, It bothers me. And I hear critics say it. Critics that I really respect and follow or podcasts I listen to. But it's just it, it literally is a comment that like it, it elicits a reaction in my body when mm-hmm. I hear it. Because I'm not like I love Show us what that's like. I love movies. I love film. I'm not I'm not a film critic. Mm-hmm. I have not been trained in film criticism or mm-hmm. educated in it formally. Or I don't know the technical aspects of all filmmaking. I don't I don't claim to. Mm-hmm. But I mean it just is so weird to me to hear somebody compliment a film and to compliment a filmmaker, but oh. in the but in the same conversation, insult the distributor or insult the the, the company that made it possible for that to exist. Mm-hmm. That just it it really I don't get it. I don't understand it. And can I tell you what I think it is? Yeah. And this is maybe something that I I need to I've been wrestling with. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix still isn't a legitimate form of media to people. Like it's it exists, it it's there, but it still doesn't have the same prestige, mm-hmm. the same. And I I can't figure out why that is. Like it doesn't have the same. It doesn't. It it it. But I think because half of our lives were spent consuming media a very different way. Yeah. Sure. And I think for the for 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 the people that have spent. 80% of our lives consuming it one way to have it being be considered legitimate all of a sudden it being up for awards it it doesn't sit well with people but that's like what forces you to accept that it's a real thing mm-hmm. yeah. you know right. the fact that i think you know that they are putting out some of the best you know arguably some of the best movies or best tv shows or whatever and I guess it doesn't really even just go for Netflix. I'm, I guess it's more than the Netflix stigma. It's just the yeah. streaming stigma. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure that, like, you know, it's Amazon or, you know, whoever making original films, Amazon, you know, some of their movies might have that same thing if they don't put them in theaters. But they usually do because they have a distribution partner. Mm-hmm. But Netflix specifically, um, you know, they give Roma a run, you know, of, of theatrical. And people are just gushing over how beautiful it is. And it's got to be seen on the big screen. Sure. That's probably... That's probably an accurate statement. But I don't feel like that should be involved in your discussion about whether you like this movie or not. You know, I also think there's another side of it um, that uh, sort of rubs me wrong, is that if you're a critic and you live in New York or L.A., totally. it's real easy to say, it's a shame that That's this wasn't so released on the big screen. But if you're living in the middle of America and you can dial up Netflix and you can see the same movie that the critics in New York and L.A. are talking about at that moment... That's a that's like a very. I'm just saying it's a privileged thing to it, say. It's so privileged to say. Oh, this should be sh- shown on the big screen, you know. But meanwhile, John Doe in the middle of Ohio yeah. may have a fucking huge TV screen yeah. with amazing surround sound, 4K yeah. streaming Netflix original content in mm-hmm. 4K that looks and sounds way better than that shitty theater that you might be watching it. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. And well, maybe probably. the experience of him watching it that way is far more enjoyable to yeah. him. Yeah. You know, that, you having know, to pay and possibly to be bought. I, I, I think, but I think the, everyone at this table romanticizes 
the experience of going to see a movie at Absolutely. the cinema. So I, we're not saying that, no. but as far as it being this, right. this unimpeachable experience and that you, you still would rather see the movie. Yeah. Like there are people who act like you shouldn't see this movie unless you're seeing it on the big screen. Right? And that's, I think that's you really it to what yourself. triggers me. And it's like, no, it's just it's, like a weird, it's, it's like Netflix is this gift in a way when you dial it. Really? When you realize something that you were interested in is out, you have this like, oh, cool. That's actually out. The problem is, so much stuff is coming coming yeah. out now, yeah. but yeah. I I'm, I used to it used to be like, well, one day I'll catch up, and then it was like, well, there's never going to be enough time to catch up, and now I don't even know what's come out right. and what hasn't yeah. come out. But no, I think you're right, Steve. People do say it. It's a kind of a like a. It just seems like it's a sort of default setting thing to say that yeah. that, that is somehow preferable. You know, like the new Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. I was that, like so glad. One. I felt a little guilty being able to watch it on television and not seeing it on a big screen. But I also was thinking like, this is so cool. People haven't adjusted to this new paradigm of whatever yeah, it's, it's going to what be. Ron's whatever this new too. thing yeah. of like movies yeah, and yeah, television. Yeah. Like I've heard people say, what is Netflix? Is is it movies? Is it television? Is it not either yeah, one? Yeah, you know, it's... like what is the what does the word television mean to us? Yeah. What what does the word movie mean to us? It, you know? It's going to take a while before before it, it it gets God, I'm conflicted about all this. But before it gets the legitimacy that it deserves because it is legitimate. And I'm saying that and I don't like a lot of some well, of some I, one of day stuff. someone should do a super edit of I do you're, man, you're, come on. You know, you no, know I'm, I'm, I'm saying, not like, calling you out. I'm saying you definitely have come to Netflix. You come to Netflix yes. slowly over Look, time. I so just, yes, I we, just, we we know that you're I think as a as a human being in the world, you should never get all of your things from one place. Right. It has to do with like the way that, like, uh, the politics of things are shaped, mm -hmm. the way the opinions, even if something's too liberal, mm -hmm. maybe something's too liberal so that, so that when you're faced with something that, that's a little different, your brain doesn't go fucking nuts. Yeah. Right? So I'm, that's what bothers me. That's the only thing about it that bothers me. But in terms of the distribution, as an artist, we're all artists, man. Mm -hmm. To have something come in the way that it comes in through Netflix, we were talking about this, the comedians around the world, yeah. 30 specials put in your lap for people in middle America who can never see comedians, yeah. never see that type of comedian, of maybe that yeah. represents yeah. them, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, a lesbian comedian who has a very specific sense of humor that they would never have been able to see. Sure. I love what it's doing, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, I, I I think that it 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 is legitimate. It needs to be considered legitimate. And you're right, we can now change our experiences. We can have the surround sound. We can have the 4K, and I'm doing it. You're doing it. I know. We're doing That's what it. I'm saying. Like we people... all have these experiences now that it feels a lot more theater like. But you can even. Put it in your earbuds and watch it on an iPad, and it's yeah. still fucking awesome. It's, yes, <laughs> it's like if it's, it's still good, it's still the yeah. experience of like yeah. I'm watching this thing, yeah. and like and, and you're part of the conversation when it's happening yeah. without it being this thing where oh a few months from now or maybe after a, the fact a year I from now or whatever. Yes. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like a weird thing that I've really caught on to, like especially like award season and like um, end of the year stuff. People making like top ten lists and things like that, like. I really wish I would have caught this on the big screen. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. I really wish I was driving a sweet ass car, mm -hmm. yeah. but my car's great. Yeah. It's what I can do, and mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to say that they're different in terms of quality. I'm just saying that like, you'll always want something more in a different way that mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't possible to have because of how bloated the you know this the landscape is for films or TV. Like how many different ways that you can get them, how many different ways they're being produced. But the bottom line is, if you watched a movie that you loved, I don't. My, my personal opinion is, it should not be tagged with a comment. But I would have preferred to see it on the big screen. Because mm -hmm. in that. reality, if that thing did not exist, you would have maybe never seen that film. Yeah, he would have. Uh, he or she would have never been able to put that into the world. Right, I get that. You know, and that that's what that's the thing that stings me. And mm -hmm. like, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I see it so much now. And, yeah. it, and maybe it's because it's critics who do live in major markets yeah. who are kind of spoiled in the way yeah. and who get to go to these press screenings and experience it on the screen then watch it after the fact and, yeah. you know, double down on their feelings. Like, I'd rather see it there. Mm-hmm. You know, I respect you, but, like, I just feel like if you're talking about that, appreciate the way it was made, the way it was delivered when you first watched it, you know, and if it goes up or down from there, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. But... I yeah, get that. That last piece is just is everything. Like, um, like talk. Just I don't want to run on, but talking about Bird Box, like huge reception. Yeah, a movie that I loved last year that I feel like just completely got missed in theaters was Overlord. Yeah, and I feel like that's a movie. If that had come out on Netflix, that movie would have been huge on Netflix. Yeah, and that's oh, yeah. the thing. We're like, I loved seeing that in the theater. It was loud, fucking great music, musical cues. The it was gory. Like it was amazing to see it on the big screen. But I don't think I would have loved it any less had I not seen it in my house. If that yeah. would have meant that 40 million people may have watched it, because yeah. I would have mm-hmm. loved that for that filmmaker. There are so many people who do not have the money to go to the theaters yeah. to have these experiences. It's putting these people in rooms together mm-hmm. that could have these shared experiences. I, I, man, it's it's just, you get a little detached from it, right? You think like, you know, you've had some moderate success. We've We're not poor. And I remember when I was younger, we couldn't see things at the rate that I wanted to. I'd see yeah. things in the theater. I'm like, I can't see that movie. Mm-hmm. These kids can go to one place, go to a friend's house, have these shared experiences. And that's something that Netflix does, that Hulu can do, that yeah. that YouTube can do, that doesn't happen, that didn't happen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it puts it all in one place. And, and a group I guess of people I that did... would never necessarily all have money for like... Friday night for like a ten dollars uh, or, or twenty bucks, ten dollars a month for a screening. But, is, I'm, but I'm talking about what you yeah, would what yeah. you would spend per person to go see yeah, the movie. Sure. Ten dollars each ticket for a family yeah. of five people. Yeah, ten dollars is low, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like for on a Friday it's night, like it's that, like eighteen that, bucks, right. honestly, for a, a ticket. whole family yeah. with food and all of them want popcorn. Yeah, that's like a hundred dollars yeah. to go see a movie. They can go see a movie for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I met Steve. I, I guess I didn't think about that stuff, man, and 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 it feels, it makes me feel detached a little bit because my life has changed. Yeah, that I don't think about that stuff sometimes. I'm gonna go ahead and just throw in. I, I was, I had a few different ways I could go with my next Bahumbug, but I think this is a perfect segue <laughs> because last year we were we were in the flush of the Movie Pass era, and now that is over for sure. Like Movie Pass is done. I don't know anybody that that's one of my Bahumbugs. So. But well, okay, well, well, but to get into this notion of. Like you were just talking about paying for these movies. Like mm-hmm. Movie Pass spoiled the shit out of me. Yeah. Yes. And and l- last year when we were talking about it, we had all these ideas about how they can they got to do this and this and this to position themselves as this great service. They can do it, you know. But you were already giving it. You gave it a a, a bah humbug and a thanks last yeah. year. And I was kind of just giving it like you know misplaced faith in their model that they were going to find some way of leveling out. But I had already said I felt like a crook. Like I I had already. By that time, you know, I had the annual fee of like 80 bucks or yeah. whatever. And I had already spent, I already made or saved more than that 80 Beyond bucks that, in terms yeah. of what I had done. And that was last year. So it was mid this year that it started becoming a useless service that I couldn't find yeah. any screenings I could use. But I was just so bummed about that, not just because they had a bad business model and we all thought it was cool and then it went away, but because it got me to feeling like I should just be able to pop into the theater and just go see a movie. <laughs> just pop in and see a screening. Oh, you mean like just turn Netflix on and watch a movie? Yeah, yeah, oh. right. <laughs> Honestly. And now I have to pay to go see these movies. <laughs> and, like, and I'm like, I don't know that these movies, I don't think of this as a $13 Ticket. Do you know what all what I'm totally. talking about? I used yes. to go see these like ten o'clock screenings. Like, like yeah, I'll go see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like, 
I, that's not worth. Like, I really want to get my basement done. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. We got, to, you know, just <laughs> put that in the basement fund. Like, my son literally needs new shoes. Yeah. You know, he's growing very fast. So yeah, it just it's like I feel like this was the year, and you actually gave us up a humbug last year, Ronald. That mm. that you felt like your life was escalating to the point where it was harder for you to stay caught up. I think for me right now, financially. I have to really figure out a plan for how I'm going to be a continual consumer of media and stay ahead of the curve and not just be this old man who's... I mean, I'll I'll sit around with my records and I'll pull out the phonograph (laughs) and I'll crank it. <laughs> do what you gotta do. I got a foot pedal. You do you, yeah. John. Um, no, but it's like I will do that. But I, I, I felt very spoiled by that, by that idea that I can just go see any movie and I can stay caught up. And now mm-hmm. it's like I can't, I can't justify the expenditure yeah. of staying caught up on on certain things. So it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. So that would be a bah humbug to me. Just the movie pass model, both in terms of what it it made, it trained me to think I deserved as a as a consumer, yeah. which was a movie anytime I wanted it. But also just the fact that what a joke that company was. Like how how yeah. we were like how are they going to make this work? They must have some plan, and then cut to five minutes later, they did not have a plan. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> so yeah, I think that that I mean, obviously we were all affected by it. Have you guys found that feeling of trying to find some new price structure that allows you to go see movies yeah. at the rate you were doing when you had a movie pass card? We're working on that. We got the. I did the AMC. Yeah, we did the Stubbs AMC Plus thing. thing. Yeah, I mean. In my situation, you got an AMC right next right, to you, literally yeah. five minutes from my house, so yeah. it's completely ideal for me. Where you are. It's not that. I mean, White Marsh is probably the closest one. He was at twenty minutes from here. Yeah, but but yeah, and Cinemark is the closest theater, and their program is a joke. Yeah, it's horrible. It's the worst. Yeah, it's horrible. Actually, I think it works out to be more than a ticket somehow. They For AMC only twenty dollars a month, you get one movie ticket and a seat. And like the next one's half price. I don't know. Yeah, it's so it's so bad. No, it's, it's the rough. AMC one is on point. I'll tell you right now. Uh, the AMC one sounds like it's great. If if which one? AMC. If Movie Pass. Yes, and limited it is, it is. their model like that, I wonder if they would still be around. If they'd said three movies a week or two movies a week. Maybe. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, no, no, it, right. it was the one a day thing, I think, that killed them. Man, it is a, such a great experience. Because the AMC thing, you can go see any screening, right? And you can. And you yeah, can... so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll talk about it later. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going to do a plug. Yeah, yeah. No, Stubbs. Yeah, yeah. Stubbs. Oh, okay, I got yeah, you. you got I me. see. You have a little foreshadowing. So, I, yeah, I was going to go from my last humbug into my next thank you. So, I don't know. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm so, sorry. I, I messed no, that up for no, you. No, you're cool. You're cool. <laughs> it's mine? Yeah, you um, can go ahead. Okay. Um, so about so, Humbug Movie Pass. Uh, hello. So there's a there's a Comcast commercial where there's a group of people in, a, in an office talking about a TV show. And you could tell by... It's a silent thing. They're very far away. You could tell by the gestures, the sword fighting, the waving your arms like a dragon that they were talking about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. My bar humbug is it's not April. I What? It's not April. <laughs> Game of Thrones is not back yet. It's not April. <laughs> What's that mean? It's not April. It's called people binging it, catching up. Maybe so people have never watched what? it. Now, I don't care. <laughs> man, I don't, you're a, no, you're a bar humbug. No, 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 no. This has to do with a very specific thing, so man. So only be excited while it's airing. No, no. Only talk about it while it's here. No, I'm, you can talk about it forever. No, no, no. This Robinizer Scrooge this is to, here. <laughs> no, this just has to do with the fact that it just isn't on yet. Uh, I don't mind people talking about it. That's not my issue. Okay. It's just not April yet. Okay. <laughs> you have it mentally prepared <laughs> man. For, the, for the mock dragons. Yeah, look, man. I, Open your eyes, Ryan. I haven't found it. Open your eyes. Yeah, right. Look at me. Now look I at John. Look at both of us at the same time. We're going to act out all our you famous, can... all of our favorite Game of Thrones scenes. I was late, man. I was late, but I have not found anything of equal 
level of interpersonal relationships, <laughs> anarchy, crazy special yeah. effects, yeah. random people being set on fire, yeah. random people getting stabbed. Where I felt like I had the the commitment to a show the way that I had to that show when it yeah, aired, yeah. and I just it ain't April, and I'm like fuck everything else. So you're, to you're sort of mad that they're getting you thinking about Game of Thrones this far out. Is that yeah. kind of what it is? I kind of know uh, what you mean. Okay, yeah, there, there is a wave not, of hype starting it's not with that this. I'm like you know, being okay. yeah. I don't mind people talking about it. Oh, okay. it's, just, it's you're like don't get me excited too early. <laughs> So do, do you think they're going to air all six of the last episodes in succession? Or are they going to pull some shit where they, they like air three not. and then they wait a they month or not. something? I think they're going to show them. I mean, they the, got to show them in a row. Yeah. In in the fact that they keep describing them as movies now, and like mind blowing. Like Supposedly, that was like the people a, that have seen them have yeah. said that it, 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 it went just, from a rumor to like executives at HBO being like, every episode's a movie. Like, yeah. it is a movie. It ain't April yet, and I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> I'm just ready. I yeah, mean, like I, I don't, you, man. you know. It's a lot. Like, I can't wait, but I'm also like so bummed it's going to be the end of it. Yeah. But, but, yeah. It seems like maybe it should be. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you think that the prequel situation. I'm not even thinking about that. I mean, it's hap. I think they're going to. Well, it's not, it's not prequel time yet. I think they're going to do. That's not, it's not April 2020. <laughs> I think they're yeah. going to be like last episode. Don't get me too excited right now. Last episode, first episode. I think that's what they're going to do. That night that the last episode comes on, they're going to be like, hey. Get the fuck out of here. Look. They just cast they it. They have to. You think they're going to drop the episode? I think they're they're going to probably have a trailer. They're going to have something. They're going to have a trailer for sure. It's going to be right after. Because I, I don't think that people are going to be pissed, obviously. Flipping yeah, chairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, we got something for you guys. A prequel trailer. Or <laughs> the first 10 minutes of the first episode or mm-hmm. something. I That'd think be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, so I don't know. So we're working our way right into my last... Uh, well, yeah, I guess it's my last Bah Humbug. Uh, yeah, go for it. And your your last one was Movie Pass, right? Yeah. So we'll let you segue yeah, from Movie I'll Pass into your first yeah. thank in a second. Um, your first thank, your first thanks in a second. Um, when you were talking about that aspect of Game of Thrones and what you just said, people are going to be flipping tables. Mm-hmm. My um, Bah Humbug, my final one, is kind of a forward-looking one. I just did this math recently. Okay, Avengers Endgame comes out mm-hmm. this year. Um, Game of Thrones is ending this year. The Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy is is ending this year. Episode nine comes out. the f- The toxic fandom is going to be off the charts this year, with being <laughs> oh, pissed off about how things ended, what they did. Yeah, I so do- it's it like- good that you don't go all in on Twitter. Well, it, but it, well, right. If <laughs> yeah. you don't go all in on Twitter, it's really good because you don't. But it's like I am I'm, I'm dreading the the hot takes and the the piss takes on the hot takes and the reactions to the hot takes and that they should have done this and this sucks because they didn't do yeah. this. And I'm not suggesting that I think Marvel's actually ending anything, but I do think we can expect Endgame to be the last hurrah for a certain certain group yeah. of characters, certain yeah. group of actors. I think they are going to let it be a culmination. People have so many theories about what this should be. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Game of Thrones is going to be a huge <clears throat> one with like just regards to they shouldn't have done this, they shouldn't have done that. Maybe those will just be like fan disagreements about storylines and stuff. But when Star Wars comes out, it, it, Star Wars has now become to me oh, the that is the cultural artifact that has the the worst fan argument going on around it because right. people are still going online every day right. to trash Ryan Johnson. <laughs> if he posts like we planted some tomatoes in the garden, they're like you ruined Star Wars. As though Ryan Johnson snuck off and made this Star Wars movie that no one wanted him to make. Like that was made with so much oversight and yeah. so much thought about where this is going. 
Um, so yeah, I'm really not looking forward to the way things operate now when there's not even any news and there's not yeah. even anything new coming out that like Star Wars in particular game. has become, yeah. that's like become the province of some of the worst fans that exist. Yes. It used to be DC and I still think Batman fans might be the worst, but yeah. Star Wars fans are, are, are giving them a run for their money. <laughs> You're right. Maybe DC fans are the, because no matter what Marvel thing comes out. They'd be like, whoa, what about the Christopher Nolan trilogy? Yeah. That is superior to any movie that has come out in the past 20 years. Or they think everybody's That's... on the Marvel payroll or something, too. <laughs> Which I know you were referring to Marvel Nuthuggers recently. And there, is, there are, the, there are those do, folks out there. I don't want to hear people saying that the, 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 the there's been a flawless 10 years of movies. Or, I just or don't to like say it, that man. they already know from a trailer that something's going to be great. Yeah, get, you know. Get the hell out of it. But anyway, the, yeah. So I'm, that was my, my bah humbug that kind of... Yeah. tied in with your Game of Thrones comment. It's just these things are going to be ending, and I really, like, rather than kind of mm. looking forward to the excitement <clears throat> around it, I'm sort of dreading the conversations around right. some of these things because yeah. I know so many people have already decided how these things should go, mm. and they're going to be mad if they don't go that way. Right. So, bah humbug. I don't know what you call that. Uh, toxic fandom. A prediction of toxic Ooh. fandom. Cool. My my last bah humbug was really just movie pass. Yeah. Just like the complete mismanagement, bungling, like just embarrassment that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they broke all my, our hearts. What's that? They broke yeah, all our it hearts. It's just like, yeah, just like, I don't know, just completely botched that whole effort. But my first thanks is the AMC Stubbs Ablist. Um, if you live in a market where an AMC is anywhere near you or you have options, mm-hmm. I mean, they've all pretty much renovated all their theaters. And I'm not trying to promote AMC. We're not on the take with them. But I'm just saying... Screens look great. Seats look great. They have Dolby cinemas in a lot of them. They have IMAX cinemas in a lot of them. I prefer the Dolby screens. Mm-hmm. But their their plan is like $20 a month. You get three movies a week, and it covers any showing, any time, in any of their theaters. You book it all on the app. There's no card to swipe. There's nothing. Yeah. And it's just been like going from the movie past experience on its way out of my life and how frustrating that was. It's really great to like come in high on this and be like, there's an AMC down the street from me. There's an AMC in every market that I ever go to in mm-hmm. terms of like travel for vacations. Yeah. If I ever want to do it on a movie, you know, or late at night or early in the morning, I could. And just for my dollar, even though it's twice the price, the experience and the lack of like stress over what's available, like you're saying, when you go there and it's not available anymore, yeah, it's non-existent, man. Right. I've I've seen three movies on it since I bought it. Mm-hmm. I, I bought it when I went and saw Aquaman. And uh, cause that like that like that was like seventeen dollars for the IMAX screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to sign up for a list for twenty dollars? Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, like I'll try it. And then I went and saw Vice, and so I forget what else I saw. But like, it just was it's so much easier. So kudos to AMC and like yeah. coming in at the end of the year as I'm getting bummed about Movie Pass screwing everything up and my annual membership ending. You know, giving AMC a shot and there being literally one five minutes from my house that just got renovated and is really nice and really mm-hmm. comfortable. And they have Adobe. Oh, no, no. They have the IMAX. And they have, like, I forget what the other one they call it. It's, like, it's not XD, but it's, like, it's another screen mm-hmm. that looks like Dolby in the sense that it has, it's, like, blacked out with, like, the red lights oh, that, okay. that the Dolby screen has with them. Um, but, yeah. So, that's my first thanks is just the experience going from horrible movie pass, not knowing how to do anything with that application mm-hmm. or that service anymore. To just being like, if I want to see a movie, I'm just going to take me a second to do this. Yeah. Right. That is the experience that I would pay 
twice the price for it. Yeah. Three times the price. I don't know, maybe how yeah. many movies it's I saw. It's still a deal. It's a deal. Oh, God. Yeah, like I said, I spent three more dollars than I would have paid to see Aquaman, mm-hmm. and I got the rest of the month to see three movies a week. So speaking of that, just a quick it's sidebar. Uh, one of your Bah Humbugs last year was the DC uh, Extended Universe, their cinematic uh, yeah. efforts. Yeah. Uh, you just saw Aquaman. How, how do you feel about DC EU now? Or do you think they're on the right track? Do you I'm, think I'm gonna I'm gonna say they are? Yeah, I don't know. Something. I don't I don't know that it's like necessarily a movie that I like. I, I didn't love that movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate that movie. It was entertaining. Uh, it had moments. Mm-hmm. Most of the people I went with a big group of people to see it, and mostly everybody in it in the group at least liked it. Yeah. So that's a win for them. Mm-hmm. It's huge overseas. It's pretty big here. Yeah. I mean, it's bigger than Wonder Woman is or was already. It's kind of big, dumb fun, and it's like it's huge, dumb fun. And I think that the notion that a superhero movie should be more than big, dumb fun is sort of a modern notion, I think. And I think that movies should be free to aim for more than that. But I was, I was, I was intrigued by just how much they leaned into the, you know, guys riding sharks, shooting yeah. lasers, like right away. Yeah. That's happening in the movie, yeah. and you go, okay, this movie knows what it's yeah. trying to do. And, yep. and and we knew James Wan was a smart guy, and we knew Sorry. that, uh, you know, they were making this with a certain amount of course correction in mind, or at least it seemed that way. That all the all the hype I heard about it was them saying, oh, this has a tone that's really fun, it's really swashbuckling, mm-hmm. it's kind of Indiana Jones ish or whatever. And I think they say that just because there's like a scene in a temple, it didn't have the the elegance of like a Spielberg action set piece going for it. Mm-hmm. But it did have some some pretty fun action. Like there was that one scene, it was in Italy, where uh, it felt like a video game <laughs> level, but the way it was visualized was cool. Yeah. And there were some nice little gags, but it just felt kind of old fashioned and, and fun. I love that sequence. Yeah. I love her running the rooftop. Yeah. And Black Manta like running, or, or though that soldier like running through the walls yeah. on another level down of the house. It looked awesome. And like, nice. you know, but they had those, from building those building little gags, like some like old lady really sitting cool. on her couch as they barrel through. Like that yeah. kind of moment just felt like this is an old-fashioned kind of family action yeah, adventure Yeah, you're, you're right, though. Like, it doesn't have to be more than that. Right. But if it's going to be that, it's got to be done well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't be kind of silly stupid. Yeah. Too, too, like, all silly stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, where it does have enough of, like, the comedy that, you know, he's pretty charismatic and pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, there's enough with... Um, the action sequences and you know the score was really I thought was really good and like yeah the score was cool and and the way they you know they did go all in on this underwater world and like they built it pretty quickly in the film and mm-hmm. like they just kind of committed to it mm-hmm. you know and I think that's what an audience would be like okay it's it's a mix of a lot of things and it mm-hmm. can be that to be just straight up across the board entertaining it's I felt like it had a little bit of like a romancing the stone kind of vibe to mm-hmm. it like when they're on land mm-hmm. you know that sequence like yeah, Indiana Jones maybe not as much, but like there's still that adventure vibe. But there's more of like the uncomfortable romance stuff happening mm-hmm. between the two uh, leads. But I don't know. I, I I think it's a huge win for DC. Mm-hmm. I mean, like honestly, well, obviously it is financially. Yeah. Oh, huge financial win. It's almost at a billion dollars worldwide as we record this. Wow. And uh, fucking James Wan. Yeah. Love that dude. Did it. And listening to him talk about it, like in interviews, like it just makes me root for him even more. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's not like he's not saying anything. He's not saying anything to make it more than it is. Like it means a lot to him, and it's like playing into a lot of these, like you know, Flash Gordon and like genre stuff that like just is like candy to him. Mm-hmm. And hearing him talk about, it, you can just tell. So it's cool that like you just committed to it, confident with it. Had a sounds like you had a blast making it. Mm-hmm. And you did your thing. So it's like, yeah, I don't need to love that movie. It was fun, mm-hmm. but it was like. DC is on yeah, the... Yeah, I, I think they made a good move. Yeah. I really do. And what's next? Shazam? 
Shazam yeah. looks good. Yeah, I think good. it looks like it knows what it is and it looks yeah. like fun. Yeah. You know, it's another one that looks like it's not trying to be more than I hope kind it of is. A I hope goofy it is. fun movie. So yeah. So yeah. So who's got a thanks? Um, you got a thanks. Ron? I have a thanks. Oh, you want to go? Let's uh, go in that order. Let's <laughs> get a thanks. Yeah. Uh, no, it's your turn. No, well, that's fine. If you got it, Jesus. reverse, reverse. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks the um, <laughs> the, the the streaming service slash combining of services movies anywhere. Kind of talked about it. Uh, you actually, it was one of your thanks last year. Yeah. I'm thanking it again. And I wanted I to actually ask service. you how that was going. It's if insane, you still liked man. It. Yeah. Think about this. All the things that you've purchased over the years, um, they've expanded. Now it's it's iTunes. Prime Video, Voodoo, Xfinity, Google Play, Microsoft Movies, and Fandango Now. Fandango Now is kind of stepping up. They have yeah. 4K content. Combining these services into one thing is a lifesaver, especially if you are a like maybe a Roku user who may have had Apple <laughs> uh, Apple Pass. You may have slept with Apple for a little bit and purchased some things. For participating studios, combining these things is a lot is a game changer yeah they're mm -hmm. not doing it with tv shows right now but they're doing it with movies um cool. i connected somebody's service with it and got a ridiculous amount of movies i i suggest if you're going to do it play friendly with a, fr a friend that may have some purchases <laughs> and you could share so the way that it works is you combine the services what is the name of the service movies anywhere movies anywhere okay so once you combine the services you can have a movies anywhere account which can be accessed through a Roku, through an Xbox, and you can sign into the Movies Anywhere app from any of those devices and access the pool of stuff. So you can make four, I think up to six logins. Mm -hmm. So you can have a pool of things that you may be sharing with a friend. You can have hundreds of movies that you right. can have access to across all these platforms, and it keeps growing. They keep adding services. They keep adding um, services that have movies. So I think it's a game changer. It, it kind of it sucks that nobody really knows about it right now, but I use it like crazy, and I, it's gotten better. So it's movies, awesome. Movies anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know that I like I would have to do some serious organization to to make use of a service like yeah, that. Like I, I don't know how, how do you find the time to keep all that straight. It seems like so the, it seems like so often in both you guys do this, but you especially Ronald. It seems like you have a knack for finding the time finding, to like yeah. to, to to like organize shit yeah. to like make it available and organize it i i i don't know i i, I feel like if I, if I consume a few things then i've run out of time to to then organize it and serve it to myself so this is the website all you have to do is press connect sign mm -hmm. in with that service the the privileges come down to like 10 minutes right so that's anything you have through that service anything you, you have, have access to it sign through this all portal. these things it, it takes like Five ten minutes sometimes remembering. But these are purchases that you've made. Purchases right. that you've it's made. It's not streaming subscriptions. No. Purchases. Right. Okay. I, I remember looking at this last year. So yeah. if you you know if you have like I said if you it works really well if you have a friend that has a thing and you have a thing you're just like man let's pull these things together let's get these things together let's get these things together happens. which I wound up doing that's and, awesome and I got a decent amount of stuff that's cool I'm just saying like if you purchase things if you want to have a place where you there may not be something you purchase all the time. It might be like, I really like the Marvel stuff. So that was one thing that I did. I got a lot of the Marvel stuff. And then that's across all these platforms now. So if I'm out, I'm like, I don't have a device with me. Oh, yeah. My phone has it on YouTube because yeah. it's connected to Google Play. Mm -hmm. It's connected through Voodoo. It's connected right. through all this stuff. So That's cool. Just something to think about. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to give a general thanks. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about this genre on, on this podcast, and it's definitely... A, a favorite genre of mine 
if not my favorite genre. But I feel like there's a little bit of a horror renaissance going on right now. I agree with that. I think there's a lot of really interesting directors that are that are unabashedly delving into the genre. I think that with these new platforms and these this new streaming model and this new kind of idea of like a of a prestige miniseries, I think there's just lots of great content that's been coming out. And there's like a few names that have emerged as people who I'm really interested in. Like Mike Flanagan is a guy who's got a, a relationship with Netflix that seems like it's gonna. I'm, I'm expecting it to continue to be an interesting uh, source of mm. just really good content. I know that sounds really dry, but I just mean <laughs> I love the idea that this seems to be happening now and the conversation about it being horror. I'm a little leery every time a movie comes out that's got something on its mind and people talk about how, oh, it's not just a horror film, it's also this. Oh, yeah. Because horror has all along has been a way to get at some of these social questions and philosophical yeah. ideas. But I'm fine. If people want to act like they've reinvented it, that's fine because it seems like it's getting some love. Like a lot of people that are in a position to say, no, this is a serious movie or this is a legit piece of entertainment. You shouldn't view it as something schlocky or you shouldn't view it as something that's just trying to make a buck on opening weekend. I mean, there are those movies and they're fun, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, Jordan Peele, we already mentioned, staying in the genre. I really like to see that that kind of thing happening. So, and I know you, Steve, as a horror fan, you must, you nodded when I said it, but it just seems like it's a good time. This is a good time for horror. And actually one of my thanks is actually specifically Jordan Peele Mm -hmm. this year because I feel like I look down his slate of what he has going on and the dude is just like, he is tuned in. And like you just said, I love how he's like staying in the playground. Yeah, at least for now. Well, I mean, yeah. so he did a really, I don't know if you saw this going around social media, like he did like this Q&A, I feel like it was a screening for Get Out somewhere, I think. It was like UCLA or something like that? Yeah, where he was talking about like stepping up, like, you know, like I made Get Out and basically, I'm going to make another movie that's a little bigger than Get Out. Yeah, yeah. And I want to make a TV series that's a little bigger than that movie. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, I want to fucking swing for it, and I want to make my Star Wars. Yeah. You know, and that literally is what he said. And I, I envy that, and I respect that, and I'm just like, that's the way to do it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. build this foundation to show that you can do pretty much anything successfully you're trying to do. It's a great comedy sketch series. You're hilarious. You know what works in horror. You know what's going on in society right now. You have a way of merging them together. You know, he's got us coming out in a few months. He's got the Twilight Zone reboot on CBS All Access. Which I'm super excited about. He's got Lovecraft about. Country. Have you heard HBO. some of the rumors or some of the news about who's been cast yes. in the Twilight Zone? Like, it, people coming in to do a one-off episode. People like Adam Scott. Uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen Young is going to be in one of the episodes. Oh, yeah, Stephen Young's going to be in one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's got Lovecraft com- Country on HBO. Mm-hmm. He's got... The Lorena docuseries on Amazon. Yeah, I cannot wait. He's got, he's got, he and and like Monkey Paul Productions launched like an open script submission. Yeah, yeah. Like, how much more tapped into it can you be, dude? Like, you're you're doing it right. I fucking love you. Keep doing it. He's and when, smart. And when you, he's and funny. And when you continue to succeed, go make that original thing mm-hmm. that's bigger and better than what they've been trying to make for years. Yeah. You know, and make it work and show why it works because you've done all these other things. Right. Yeah. And I just I I love listening to him talk. That that Q and A that I watched. He's really good. Oh no, he's awesome. So inspiring. Yeah. And like, I just love that guy. So thankful for sure for Jordan. He shouldn't be as accessible as he is, and he's so accessible. I know. It's crazy how accessible he is. I know. It's strange, man. When he first started talking about his aspirations, once Key and Peele was moving, that he was gonna he wanted to make horror films. I remember thinking how cool that was. Just that like someone saying, "No, I want to make horror." Like 
I want to do that. This yeah. is not something I'm, I'm going to do as a stepping wrapping stone. It in something else. Yeah, or I'm not trying to view it as, oh, I'll make a quick horror film and then I'll get to make something I really want right. to make. So yeah, I hope he does. I mean, everything that you just mentioned that he's working on or has a hand oh, in. Oh, and the Candyman reboot. Yeah. yeah. He's got that going too. Yeah. Like, as, a as a producer. Right. Yeah. But who who better? Right. And like if they're recognizing, I think I heard them say that it would be kind of reboot and sequel at the same time. So I have yeah. a feeling um, they might get into some of that. Like they might... Remember how we said that um, they never come back in the later movies yeah, uh, yeah. to the the end of the first movie. Yeah. So I could see them doing a little bit of what happened with with Halloween, where yeah. they say let's let's go let's reboot from a point where it all made sense and we can kind of simplify it. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't know if I love that trend of saying I'm you know like I love the idea of a sequel having to deal with all the sequels that came before, yeah. but I do understand when it's been twenty years, thirty years that it's a fine time to say. All right. Yeah. yeah. Let's clear the deck and, and deal with a simple story again. But For no, sure. I agree. What a great guy and what a, what an interesting career. And he's got his hand in all these projects that it's just like, I want to see them happen. Yeah. Jordan Peele, love him. Yep. Can't wait to see what else he's got going. Yeah. So. Ronald, what you thankful for? Oh, just people. <laughs> well, just people. Just people and family just and like friends. Yeah, just just like an opportunity every day to. Good support system. Make new friends. All. Yeah, <laughs> just good people. That's all. Like, it's just. This, yeah. Look, this past year. Just ended on a, yeah, a good yeah, thing. Yeah, good people, man. Um, and uh, I just feel like that stuff has really been uh, the foundation of everything I do is good people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every everything I've done creatively, everything I've done otherwise is just good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's super simple. I didn't think that, it, I, I, I thought I would have like an elaborate, nah, man, good people. That works. And I don't, you know, good is like a weird, you know, we've been reevaluating what good means, right? Yeah. Like, I just mean people that have good intentions and, and follow through with those intentions. And you mean people with a good upbringing who come from like a, a family with a strong name? Uh, <laughs> a couple oxen hopefully in the background. They, they, yeah, hopefully there's some landed gentry in their background. They've got like an ancestral estate or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. solid good people. Good, yeah, good people solid people. 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 Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. People yeah. of equity. I'm going to say people of the earth. You know, humans. <laughs> the human race. Humans. But yeah, man, that's, that's, that's my... That's good. Yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, especially... I, I was especially looking at me and Steve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I went to the gas station uh, on my way up here, and there was this guy that was like homeless, and he's like, "Hey, you have a lighter?" And I was like, "No." And then I went in to get some like some gum or something. I came out and I gave him a lighter and ten dollars, and he said thank you, and he just kind of walked. And I was like, "Why did I do that?" Yeah. But I think that has to do with the idea that like so many people have helped me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like because I look like I'm, a, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's just like figuratively have helped me, mm-hmm. and I think about helping people like that. If sure. I have something, I'll right, and it should be like that, you know. Even if you you shouldn't be judgy, yeah, about like, the kind gonna, of help he's that you're buy gonna buy dope with that yeah. money. So what, right? Yeah, I'm gonna buy some donuts with you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. why do people do that to each other? Like now, I always think about like when when you can do that, and someone wants to say, "Why did you do that?" It's like you know, I hope one day, if I, for whatever reason, yeah. I, I hope somebody would be kind to me in that moment, yeah. you know, yeah. and treat me like a person. Yeah, uh, and, and that's that's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, why not do it? Yeah. So it's you know, what's ten dollars out of my pocket? It's he's, he was gonna eat with that food. So that's that's all I was thinking mm. about. Yeah. You were talking about getting through the year with with good people around you and stuff, and I was thinking about one of the things that I noticed a lot this year was um, my dependence on kind of like pop culture comfort food. 
Kind of. We watched a lot of uh, baking shows mm-hmm. this year. So um, good baking shows. And the Great British Baking Show is one of the most like good-natured things of all time. You'll sure. just feel good about people when you watch it. And they're, yeah. all, they're all cooking their little asses off. And at the end, the best person gets a plate. I love that. There, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of money. There's not a TV deal. There's not. It's like so right, quaint, right. And, they, yeah. and and they actually help each other and shit like that. Yeah, I love it. I it's love it. Nice. And it's great seeing Henry watching that. The only thing is, it makes you feel like you should eat a cake. You know, you're <laughs> What's watching wrong with it. That? But it's like you'll be sitting there going, "Okay, I don't think we have the ingredients to make this, <laughs> this tri level yeah. cake that they just showed." But so, so there should be like a little sampler they send out that you sure. can like eat along. Um, but also in in the realm of just comfort food, something that uh, this year. Not that not that this was news to me that I liked this show, but this year was the year that we just binged The Office from the beginning. Oh wow! Like two or three times, we just we just play an episode and play an episode and play an episode and play an episode and play, an episode and, play <laughs> and it just goes around. And then I would come in and see Henry watching it again, but I'd notice, oh, he's back in season one now, so he must have started over. And a couple days later, I'd come in, he'd be on season three. I'd watch a block of a few episodes. It's just like that show. You know, it definitely had its ups and downs, but as far as a show that when it was at its best, I just liked spending time with those characters and with this world. The, mm. the humor on that show, it a lot of it really holds up. Now, a lot of Michael Scott, if you made that show now, it would not be about how ultimately sympathetic he is. You would mm. have to sort of show it like, no, he's a monster in a lot yeah. of ways. But I just think that it's like a sketch comedy show in that there'll just be a little scene especially the cold opens at the beginning of an episode of The Office. I, I would watch just a whole episode of those little three-minute <laughs> gags, you know. But just the observation and the characters and the way you get to know those those people over the years, and that by the time you're in season five or six, he's a cartoon character, but Dwight, you know him, you know. you He rings true. And I mean, again, I know this is the most basic thing in the world right. to say The Office, but that that and like the baking shows, this year was the year that I just sort of, I used these 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 easy-to-watch, go-down-easy type shows as yeah. a way of just kind of calibrating and being sane and also finding that kind of family time because we can all sort of agree on that. We yeah, can all sure. sort of say, let's just watch whatever the last one we were watching, let's watch the next one, you know? Yeah. Um, and I do think The Office is a unique thing. I see other people mentioning binging The Office as a, as a sort of an activity they do regularly. I had not gone back to episode one and started watching, you know, until this year. And so I was impressed. It was a, like a little trip down memory lane. I remember when that show was at its height, mm. watching it every week. It felt like the, it was similar to the way The Simpsons was when it was at its height. And I watched that, where or Seinfeld, where I was just every week. Yeah. There was like there was going to be some comic gold. What about the new season of The Office that they keep talking about? I don't think that'll happen. I don't think they have I the money. I think it's gonna happen. Well, okay, but it can it can't happen with the people that like. Maybe they can afford Ed Helms and Jenna Fisher. I don't think they can afford Steve Carell or or John Krasinski. You don't think so? I mean, I don't know that I want to watch a show that's just the people they can get you to come back. You mean you don't want to? Or you don't, I think they're going to. If they did like a six-episode thing that was like an event thing and mm. everyone came back, I could see being curious about that. Right. But I don't know that I think it would be any good. Because by the time that show ended, it was out of gas. You know, yeah. it had. It, I don't know. How do you feel, Steve, about the idea of that show coming back? Nah. Like, why? Yeah, no need. It's kind of like just keep teasing it, yeah. So people keep talking about it and but, keep going back and binging right. it, <laughs> right? But do you think John Krasinski it? would come back and do that? Do you think Steve? Car- I, I feel like those guys don't have any interest in possibly. I like, think I, I think it may actually happen mm-hmm. someday. I don't think anytime like in the near future. But it's gonna be like Oscar and Angela and Phyllis, right? It's they're, they're not gonna be able to get the key players back. Well, maybe I'm wrong. This time last year, we all thought Movie Pass was still gonna be around, yeah, and we, that there was who, gonna be a Ben Affleck uh, Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, what do we know? But yeah, 
comfort food. Sometimes you don't need to be challenged. Yeah. Sometimes you don't need to, something that's going to make you think too hard. Noel Fielding is the best thing I've ever happened to British Bake Off. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> He's incredible, man. He just comes in and says something ridiculous and then leaves. I love it, man. And you can like you can like tell what his mood is by the by what kind of print he's got on his shirt. Yeah. It's like you should have marshmallows and just leave. Like, what the fuck is the matter with this dude? He's so funny. See, I miss uh, I miss Paul Hollywood on those on those seasons <laughs> yeah. with, with Noel. Yeah. But uh, the Paul Hollywood Mary Berry combination. <laughs> Yeah. I want them to come in and any any time I bake something, I want them to come in with a fork and like mash it up in an awkward way yeah. and tell me that it's you know it's not moist enough. It's not moist enough. Or <laughs> if on on the on my best day, I might be told it's a lovely sponge. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then he brings you up and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes. Yeah. So comfort food. Mm. Pop culture comfort food. That's a good one, man. Um, I didn't really have a last thank you, mm-hmm. but I was inspired by Ronald's. So I'm going to, and I thought about saying this, but I didn't want to be too schmaltzy. I am thankful for 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so had we done this in November, I wouldn't have been able to say this. You're but right. I'm thankful for this year uh, to have another chance to do a lot of things I've, I really want to try to get done this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that 2018 got, gave me an opportunity to look back and some things that I didn't get done that I mm-hmm. wanted to get done. So there's a bit of a drive this year for really going forward with a few things mm-hmm. that I'm trying to accomplish professionally and personally, just, you know, make myself a better person. So, like, yeah, I think that uh, for all the complaining that we do or, you know, that we're having fun doing on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, there's so many other things that, like, are great that went great last year for me personally and with my family and everything. You know, my daughter's healthy. You know, it's just like getting more and more of that every day and experiencing yep. that and feeling new things mm. in my uh, in my body, in my mind, in my heart, like that I never thought I'd ever feel or that I never knew existed with her. It's just mm. amazing. But yeah, I just, I'm really thankful to have another year to be able to try to get some things done, to enjoy more time with good people, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and to also get these my... AMC A plus, <laughs> all while doing it's so. Good. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's a good connection, bro. I want to. I'm going to use that to yeah. see Jordan Peele's us. Oh. So just tie them all together. That's what I do, John? Yeah, that's, that's the way you do I it. Do. Just wrap it up. Put a bow on it. We should have had you going last. <laughs> <laughs> Who's last? Well, was that your last? Yeah, that was one? my last one. Okay, so that's what you call. What's what's your last one? Well, my last one <laughs> is very similar, and I was looking for how to word it, and I wonder if you're talking about because it's very similar in sense of it's all about the sort of possibility sure. to say that I'm like thankful to be in this point in my life. I know what you mean about it feeling kind of schmaltzy, but when you feel like you've got a bead on some things, you know, you need to get done and yeah. you actually have a plan yes, that's and you're it. sort of excited. I mean like literally like the next few months of projects that I have going that I want to finish up. I'm excited about having something to, to, you know, get out there and, and be excited about like there's sure. some, there's some music stuff that's wrapping up this last year. Um, you guys know I did the score to a movie. A friend yeah, of the show, Mike really Finazzo, cool. came on and I did a score for his movie. And at, at a film festival in, in Pennsylvania, the Reading Film Festival that it went to, I won Best Score. So even though I wasn't in the room when they called my name, it's cool to think that like, okay, that's like some sort of proof of concept yeah. of other things you yeah. might have going on. It is great, but the real thing here is it's like, okay, well, this kind of gives you that little juice, that confidence to try something else yeah. or to feel good about your instincts even. And I think so often being a creative person is about like 
trusting your instincts and trusting your own taste. Yeah. And you can be adrift sometimes and wonder, like, do I have anything to contribute or do I have anything to add? Um, and sometimes you you don't have that feeling. And, you know, I know right now, Ronald, you're working on some music that you're really excited about. And your face lights up when you talk about it. Yeah, I haven't heard you talk about it yet, Steve. But when you talk about, like, projects or professional things you want to do, yeah, I know you're the type career. of guy to make shit happen yeah. for yourself when yeah. you really get an idea. Trying. And the work never stops. You and I, Ronald, were texting about this recently. How many feelers, how many test balloons you put out. Yeah. And how much it's about just keeping that going. Because every now and then a project does lurch forward or that outside voice does come in and say, do you still want to do this? Or how about this? Yeah. And you've got to be ready for those moments. I mean, you know, we have this podcast too. Every now and then I look at the numbers of people who listen to this and I'm, I'm extremely thankful that we have this outlet as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I don't know what it would take to reach some kind of critical mass with it, with a show like this. We'd probably <laughs> have to put out episodes though, more man. often. It's a good enough show that it, I feel like it. Yeah. I mean, but that anything could happen. I mean, there's there, cross promotion can help. I mm -hmm. mean, there's a thing about I've been realizing as this stuff's kind of been happening, you know, you 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 keep doing things and then it, it could just happen for you. Preparedness is part of it. I'm I'm in a situation now where like comedy wise, somebody's putting me in a place where I could get some exposure that could put me in the DC circuit, which can get mm -hmm. me in a place where I could get recognized. And that's one of the things that I do. I mean, not to be weird, but like I, I think that's what you have to do. You have to realize that you are the sum of all these things. You are not one thing. Mm -hmm. We're just people, man, trying to do a thing. And I will never stop. Yeah. And and I'll support anything you guys do, no matter what. And I and I like doing Yeah, I feel that way too. And some days it's like, oh shit, I am never gonna stop, am I? <laughs> and other days always. it feels more empowered, like, oh yeah, you man. can't stop me. But yeah. it's funny that it's like a compulsion. And if you stopped, you really would feel I'd be sad well, as yeah, fuck. You'd be like, what no. am I doing? How am I not moving forward? Why am I not, you yeah. know? Oh, and th thanks to the women that support us, man. That's something mm -hmm. that I have not said enough. Jesus mm. Christ, man. <laughs> to, you mean put up with us? Yeah. <laughs> to, I get up, I'm like, hey. Tolerate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, today, I did stand-up Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I went to a game Wednesday. I'm doing, you know... Four this hours, shit. yeah. Podcast. This today. shit over here. You're doing it tonight. I'm I'm going to therapy Friday. <laughs> I'm like, and then I'll see my girlfriend mm -hmm. seven that night, and and she is not okay with it, but she knows that when I'm home, I'm gonna give her all the love I could possibly give her, you're all the attention I could possibly give her. Right. In between playing Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it, it, the women that mm -hmm. support us. The your partners that support you. Oh yeah. God damn, man. Thank you. Seriously. Mm -hmm. so. Sadly, uh, Nikki would never listen to this. <laughs> but I do appreciate her a lot. And one day, I'll tell her. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a whole year, John. I've got a whole year. Right, right. Mark it off. <laughs> Just be ready. I mean, we've been together a couple decades. And yeah. I feel like it's about time that she you're heard. Right. You need to let her know. You know, I think you're pretty neat. Yeah. Now's I, the time. I like what you add. <laughs> I definitely tried to tell Aaron something the other day. She's like... On her side, I'm like, mm -hmm. I love, I love you, and I appreciate what you do. That was a silence in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, all right. But anyway, yeah. You should just make that her alarm yeah. on her phone. Record it as her mm -hmm. alarm so she never forgets it. Right. Oh god. But yeah, man. Seriously. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Feels good ending that's with the a, thanks. That, that's a yeah. positive thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a positive thing. Good note to end on. Yeah, it is. Um, what else we got? 
MovieSchmovie.com. Yep. Past episodes. Yep. Mm. iTunes. Yep. Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. Um, Spotify. Spotify. Definitely. Uh, whatever you use to get podcasts, obviously you found us if you're listening to us now, but help mm-hmm. other people find us. Mm-hmm. Review us. Leave a feed, leave some us. feedback, ratings, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, share an episode. Maybe your favorite episode. Maybe yeah. this episode. Um, Go back and listen to an old episode and tell us if we say really offensive things that that sound bad for 2019. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder about that. Quality check us. <laughs> see, how, see how we are as people. Uh, then and now. Yes. But that's it, man. Holiday catch-up. Or yeah. holiday schmoliday. I don't know. What are, you, what are you doing with this? What are we calling this? I think we're calling it... I don't know. That's... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's the episode name. I don't know. It's decided. Uh, we do thank you for listening. Be on the lookout. We're going to have a, a definitely one in the queue here for yes. a couple weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Go over some of our favorite TV shows mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. year. And then uh, we're going to close out this look back. The, the, the second episode coming from this one will be our, our best films of the year. Mm. And uh, that'll be on a couple weeks also. So cool. Excited for those. Yeah. I think it'll be like week to week to week if we manage to get together in two weeks to record the best of. We'll actually right. have three in a row, which makes up for the fact that we kind of, like last year, I think we only put out 23 episodes, which might be the, the fewest we've put out. Is fewest? Oh, damn. That's a word, right? I, yeah. It's few. Fewest the, is the, the word. Fewest? Yeah. The fewest. least the episodes? Least, yeah. Fewest is the word. No, the, or the least. The least episodes that we've put out in a year. <laughs> But that's basically it was like we let you down. Yes, we let you down. <laughs> but I feel like if we give you the extra uh, episode this month, then if you add that to last year, if you take if you pretend this came out last year, that's twenty four for the year. It's back pay, which equals mm. two a month, even if it didn't really work out that way. There it goes. But yeah, so there you go. Again, math. Yeah, math, math. Our next <laughs> spinoff. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. You've made our year. Bye. That's true. Bye. Our, our year. You're right. Bye. <laughs> Ronald's in the loop. Oh just, no! Just sample yeah, it. Stuck it stuck. And we're back. We're back to the present day. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Steve. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man.